Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We've been telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all across the world since 2015, and we have over a thousand years of living with T1D on the podcast. The interviews range from incredible feats to everyday victories, and we celebrate them all just the same. Thanks for listening, and if you want to get involved even further, just send me an email at rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. you're getting out there, you're more active, or maybe you're just active all the time and it feels better because it's warm outside and it's not cold when you have to go to the gym, but you also want to get the most life out of your sensors because let's face it, they're expensive. So you need to try Skin Grip Adhesive Patches. They're water-resistant, latex-free, and hypoallergenic, which is great because if you've worn other tapes, you know how irritating they can be in your skin. Skin Grip set out to fix all that. They have patches designed for Dexcom, Medtronic, Freestyle Libre, Omnipod, and various other patches for pump and fusion sets. You can check them all out at theskingrip.com. We know there are tons of tape options out there, and you need to pick the one that's best suited for your active lifestyle. And you can save money. Listeners of this podcast can get 15% off their order if they use code DDT for diabetics doing things. Nice. If you order from theskingrip.com, that's T-H-E skingrip.com. 15% off your order if you use code DDT. What's going on, everybody? Rob Howe here. Uh, before we get into today's episode with Austin first, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update on what's been going on uh, with diabetics doing things. So as you guys may have noticed, we haven't posted any new episodes for most of summer uh, since about June. I haven't posted any new episodes. We still have episodes of Tools of Type 1s left to go. So I'm going to post about 20 of those here in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for new Tools of Type 1s content. But ultimately... Uh, I just was in a creative place where I felt a little bit burnt out and I was busy with some other projects, both on my agency business side and then traveling and speaking at various JDRF Type 1 Nation events, at a couple ADA diabetes camps, as well as my second ADA conference in AADE. So you kind of get the picture of uh, me traveling all around. If you follow me on Instagram, you have seen that I've been kind of around everywhere and just a lot of stuff going on in my personal life uh, as well. So took a few months just to have some balance and I think definitely feel refocused on the podcast. And I've been uh, accumulating a lot of contacts and people that I want to feature on the podcast here for the remainder of the year. So we are going strong. Diabetics doing things is not going anywhere. And actually I am going to host the first ever myabetic uh, diabetes awards in Los Angeles this fall. So we will be uh, supporting diabetic creators, uh, YouTubers, Instagrammers, podcasters, and I get to be the host for that. So that's going to be a ton of fun and I'm really looking forward to it. I've also been working with some really awesome diabetes companies behind the scenes uh, and you may never see some of the things that I've been working on uh, with them, but just know that uh, they are for uh, the benefit of people with diabetes. I also have gotten to meet a staggering number of type one founders and entrepreneurs, which is my soft spot, I think, in the diabetes community. Those are my people. Uh, and I'm going to be creating a lot of content for you guys around people with diabetes who are starting their own companies and working through a world where, you know, insurance and costs are uh, very volatile. 
and I'm going to be telling those stories so that maybe you guys can glean a little bit from that. And maybe, who knows, uh, someone can hear it and encourage, uh, be encouraged to start their own business. But first, I want to uh, give you guys a little background on my buddy Austin, who's coming up in this episode. He's Everyday T1D on Instagram. His name's Austin First. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, I give him a hard time, but I really do have a lot of love for him. He's like my little brother uh, in diabetes, and he and I uh, both live in Dallas, so we get to go to various events around the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth Metroplex together, and when we travel for various diabetes events, we're often flying on the same uh, airports and planes and things like that. So I get to run into him everywhere, and uh, he's just my figurati- figuratively, wow, learn to talk, figuratively and literally little brother. Uh, in diabetes. So he's had type one for 21 years. He's an amazing resource. And I really like his perspective on uh, highs and lows of, of everyday T1D. So without further ado, everyday T1D diabetics doing conferences live from the AADE conference floor, Austin first. Uh, welcome back to the diabetics doing things podcast. We're on site at AADE AADE 2019 here in Houston, Texas, and I'm sitting here with Austin First. What's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, enjoying the awesome environment that's out here in AADE. It's pretty cool, right? Have you ever uh, been to an event like this? No, I haven't. It's uh, it's my first time being able to actually come to something as big as this. I've done a lot of other summits and uh, different speaking engagements with that, but this is the biggest thing I've I've been to. Yeah, and I think like. I may be the only person that says this, but this is, I think, the second biggest diabetes conference in the world behind ADA. Um, and this is my second year uh, here. I spoke last year in Baltimore. And this year, last night was refing the, uh, the My Sugar basketball game. So that was a lot of fun uh, just to be on the sidelines. So I'm super excited to have you here. We, we actually flew down from Dallas yesterday yep. uh, with Jerry Brzezowski in his plane. What was that like? It was Awesome. I thought it was gonna, it was a lot different than I expected it to be because I've never been in a plane that small before. Um, but it was pretty smooth, no issues, because uh, you hear all these little plane like instances, and so that's what you immediately think of. But um, he's a great pilot, and it's a huge misconception. I got a lot of uh, replies on social media because people are like, "Oh, I didn't know diabetics could actually fly planes." Um, but they can, as long as you go through the proper procedures, um, then you can fly, um, private. Yeah. And, and like, there's like, I think it's small passenger aircraft. I think there's some yep. sort of classification there. I'll defer to the experts. Uh, yeah. we'll talk about Jerry. I'm going to try to interview Jerry this weekend as well. So we can talk a little bit about what that's like, uh, because actually I got an email today, uh, asking about, uh, from a woman whose husband is a pilot and he's diagnosed at age 32. So lots of good stuff there. Yeah. Um, before we get too deep into just chatting, uh, you've been on this podcast before in Tools of Type 1s. Yes. Um, you've never been on the long form end of it, even yeah. though you and I are pretty good friends. We live literally 50 miles max, maybe 20 miles from each other. And Honestly, I just think you're not interesting, so that's yeah. why I never asked you to you be You know, most this. people don't. I just kind of... You just kind of exist. Yeah. Okay. I'm like a cactus. No one really likes me, but, you know... That's I not true. I'm water. already calling BS on that. <laughs> uh, never know. It's so an opinion. Talk to me really quick. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on uh, yesteryear in the past. However, you were diagnosed very young. Yes, um, I was diagnosed at the age of two. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about your early life with diabetes and, you know, your family. Uh, you know, you, you and I have had conversations with that offline before, but I think, you know, sharing that, uh, I think that perspective now as a, uh, a young man, you know, you'll be 25 or you're 24 now, you'll be 25 soon. 
uh, you know, your first 20 couple 20 years of diabetes and, you know, really your life is just getting started. So what's, uh, what do you remember about the early days and what was your life like? So when I was first diagnosed, I don't really remember much. Um, a lot of it is what my parents um, have filled me in on. Um, and there are things like, I was a great patient, apparently. I didn't really cry or, or cake or scream whenever I needed insulin. A big flex. Yeah, it was great. Um, my mom would love that. Mom, if you're listening, welcome. Uh, but so I don't. If remember your mom doesn't listen to this podcast, I'm going to take it as a personal affront. Yeah, she likes Hi, you. Hi, Mrs. First. <laughs> she likes you. She'll listen to it. Um, but so I don't remember much from my early, early years. But as I got older, um, around four is when I wanted to learn how to give myself shots. So my parents uh, gave me the ability to give myself shots. They would obviously dose for me because I didn't have that ability yet. <clears throat> But so I started giving myself the shots at the age of four. And then when I turned five, I wanted to learn how to count carbs and dose my insulin. And so that's what they taught me. And so from a very early age, they gave me the ability to be independent with my diabetes and um, let me kind of take the reins as much as a five year old can. And, and I've heard you talk and answer questions at events before about that type of mentality. How important do you think it is for to give uh, kids the freedom and, uh, you know, especially if they're asking, if they're interested, obviously it depends on the, the child, but um, how important was it for you at that age to be able to be independent? It was, I think it was a huge mindset um, trend that has continued in my life from that day forward because it gives me the ability to know and have faith and trust in myself that I have the ability to do this and take care of myself and control this disease, especially from a very young age. It's a, it's a very strong mental game, um, that world of living with diabetes. So I think it was, it was really, really important in the, having that mindset and the capability. And so if a lot of, I know, uh, from my observations, I've noticed a lot of times parents are caregivers by trade and they wanna take care of their kids. Um, but there are different ways to take care of your kid. And one of those ways is preparing them for the future because when they turn 18 they're not in the house right they and so if you take care of them from day one to day 18 or year 18 i guess then when they're on their own they're gonna be like oh how do i do this right and so i think it's really important to prepare um rather than um yeah, then overly kind of yeah. coddle them or baby them. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. I've spent for the first time, and I know I want to hear your thoughts on Diabetes Camp, but for the first time this year, this summer, I was at Camp Colorado and then Camp Montana with the American Diabetes Association. And, uh, you know, you as a kid went to Camp Sweeney really all the way through, and a big part of their program is independence, and it's also like independence from your parents and kind of getting out, getting out of the house and giving them a little bit of a break as well. What do you? What are your thoughts on like diabetes camp for kids and like the impact that it had on your life and uh, you know the friends that you made as well as just like the you know learning things and the community aspect? Uh, so, going to diabetes camp was probably the best thing I ever did. I was always very independent with my my diabetes, but I never met really any other diabetics my age, and so the ability to go to this place for X amount of time was huge in it in order to um, 
find people that your own age that are going through exactly what you're going through and know how you feel about these things it was amazing because a lot of time with diabetes it's I talk about it all the time. It's an invisible disease. If you look at me, you don't know I have diabetes. If you look at Rob, you don't know he has diabetes. And so it can be very isolating, um, and that can lead to burnout, depression, and a lot of other things that are not the greatest mindset um, or things that happen. And so it was really, really cool to meet all these friends and a lot of these people because when you meet someone with diabetes, you instantly have that connection with them. It's like unless I mean, regardless of what kind of person they are, where their background, who they're from, um, you have just that immediate connection, and you can really have a strong bond. And so to have that from a young age, when I could email or text or call all these people, I've had an issue or I I needed someone to lean on because I was going through diabetes burnout, is huge. And it's it's really cool to be able to rely on and like I can text you or call you if yeah. I need anything. It's, it's awesome. It's a game changer. Well, I blocked your number, so. Oh. Um, no, Dang. but I, I agree with you. I think uh, especially in the days before social media, because it's really only been in the last five years or so where that's been available and to connect with people who yeah. are outside. I think before that, last 10 years in the blog world, five years in social media, what have you. Um, so now, that kind of transitions me into my question for you, like with your life with diabetes over the years, uh, obviously now you have Everyday T1D, your, uh, your platform and... Uh, for living with your life with diabetes did you i mean a there's no way to ask like oh did you ever think you would make it to this point or whatever because that didn't exist and there's no way you could have planned it but from the day one you starting everyday t1d to today uh and even before that like how's your life with diabetes changed and your relationship with diabetes changed over the years so diabetes has been um as if you look at dexcom chart it's been a roller coaster. Uh, so when I was around early high school, or yeah, early high school, late middle school, that was probably the hardest time for me in diabetes. I would just check my blood, or I wouldn't even check my blood sugar. I would just tell my parents what I thought they wanted to hear number-wise. I'd be like, oh, Austin, what's your blood sugar? I'd be like, oh, I was 120. And then dinner, what, Austin, what's your blood sugar? Oh, I was 83. And they'd be like, oh, he's doing great. And at the time, I had uh, an insulin pump called the Deltec Cosmo, which was the best insulin pump ever. It's an incredible name. Yeah, it's awesome. I miss it. But and and you talked about that before, but I, I want to. I want you to continue on this. But like, what made that Deltec pump so good? So the Deltec pump was really, really cool. One because it was unique and it looked different from uh, the Medtronic and the Animus pumps, which were just like little boxes. This one had a contour and was um, a curvature. It was awesome. But the real thing that set it apart was that it had a built-in food menu. So I could use the, at the time it was like infrared system loading to put on different like restaurants or um, foods and it had a stock uh, menu too. But so I could put in say Chick-fil-A and I'd go into the menu, go to the food menu, go to Chick-fil-A and then um, find the meal that I was about to eat. And it would have the carb count for me and I'd press the enter button and it would add it to that carb count to uh, the bullet screen. And then it also had an attachable meter. It was a uh, freestyle meter, I believe. And it was like super thin, just kind of screwed on the back and you could test your blood sugar on that and it would go straight to the pump. So it was basically the kind of like the Omnipod is now, but it was, it was awesome. That was 
a game changer for me. Yeah, it's always find it interesting to hear you talk about older technology because most people, like myself, I didn't even know that that existed. And how would I? I was diagnosed after it was already like out of commission. So it's kind of cool to just see like things that were around that were a big deal to you that I'll yeah. never know about. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I interrupted you. You were talking about that pump as part of your diabetes journey. Yeah, so that pump was so cool. But I was at the age that I I was going through that hard time of diabetes, that, that um, kind of puberty age where I just, I didn't want to have diabetes. I didn't want to be different. My voice was already cracking at, enough as was, and I was just a weird kid. Yeah, puberty was tough for me too, yeah. bro. I get it. I'm still a weird kid. Yeah, you are. Still going through puberty. Ten That's years true too. <laughs> um, but so I... Uh, I just didn't want to be different. I didn't want diabetes to keep me from doing things like other times like diabetics my, doing things. Yeah, exactly. But it was more like, so my, I want, if I wanted to spend that at a friend's house, I couldn't do that because my friend's parents didn't want to have to take care of me. So that was really, really tough for me. That, I, I mean, I feel like in some ways, whether they actually experience that or not, or like the anxiety of being, cause it really is rejection, right? Yeah. Or somebody who doesn't want to take on the responsibility and you feel like a burden. Yeah. Um, which I think is easy to slip into, yes. um, both uh, in career places or chasing dreams or playing sports or whatever the case is feeling different feels uncomfortable and, yep. and a lot of times negative. Uh, how'd you deal with that? So at the time I, I didn't deal with it very well. I just kind of made it worse in a way because I just rejected the fact that I had diabetes. I'm like, oh, yeah, if I pretend I don't have diabetes, then I won't have it. It's like saying, putting your hand over your eyes and saying, if I close my eyes, no one can see me. But obviously, I'm standing right there. And so it was a really unhealthy way of coping with it. And it got to the point where I went to the endo and they're like, hey, so uh, your A1C is like 12. Like, what's going on, man? These numbers don't match up. And I mean, you can lie to your parents as much as you want, but you can't. No, you can't beat numbers. I mean, yeah, they numbers know. don't lie. So it, that was a really um, big awakening. One because it got caught, and I'm so I was a really good kid, and like I didn't get in trouble at all. And so that was like the most trouble I've ever been in. Um, but what was really hard was how disappointed my parents were um, because I, they had taught me everything I knew, and and I raised me to be. Uh, a, the best diabetic I could be, I guess, the best person I could be, as most parents do. But I had let them down because I felt like I kind of betrayed them and was lying to them about my numbers and all that. And that was, so that was really, really tough because regardless of your numbers, that isn't going to change the fact that your parents love you. You know, it's, it's something that is not a determining factor. Like, my parents will only love me if my blood sugar is between 100 and 150. Yeah, but, but you kind of assign a self-worth yes. to your blood sugars. I think that's something that even as adults, a lot of people are guilty of is that if they go through even just a day or a short amount of time with a blood sugar they have negative feelings with, it you know you can, it can be a day ruiner. And yeah. certainly, I have high blood sugars. Uh, had one, a bad one yesterday that I felt crappy from. I felt like shit. And, yeah. And so... But I think it's, again, your mindset, and Chris Rudin talked about that on this podcast not long ago, is like, you know, whatever relationship you have with a high blood yep. sugar. And so how do you, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, I think, 
worry about or they talk about teens with diabetes with exactly what you're talking about, kind of rejecting the idea that they have it. And, um, you know, like you, I, I like the metaphor you use of like closing your eyes and pretending you're invisible. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that you're actually here. So how did, when did things start to change for you? So it got to change when I started getting into high school. Um, and again, this goes back to Camp Sweeney. Um, so I was middle school, like elementary school through middle school. I just went because it was so fun. I didn't have to worry about diabetes. I could just kind of do whatever. And uh, the really cool thing is they literally take diabetes out of the equation. They have a medical professional staff um, and doctors that do all the dosing, um, all the all the testing, all everything. So you don't have to think about diabetes. All you have to do is check your blood sugar in your cabin and make sure you tell someone when you're low or when you're high. You know, they'll check your blood sugar and take care of you, which is awesome. And so I just went because it was a break from diabetes. It was really cool. But once I got into high school and kind of got into an older, um, I guess, mental capacity, um, I realized. Started to grow up. I yeah. Guess. There you go. I, uh, I realized that what they were not preaching, but what was, what was being taught is that diabetes isn't a defining factor of you. Um, and the ways that you can you can cope with it are not necessarily by rejecting it but by looking for hope um, help and hope through um, friendships because if you have a friend with diabetes they get you and they can w- help you through those tough times and those those dark ages that you're going through do you remember your first like real friend with diabetes like maybe you met at camp and like were pen pals or email or you know I, I know you have a lot of friends who are type 1 that you're still close with um, and I, I think it's hard to explain. I mean, I'm sure there are people who listen to this podcast or who are on social media who are starting to connect with the community, but they don't have a face-to-face diabetes friend, a diabuddy, or, or whatever you would call it. Uh, what do you? What was that like? And how do you explain that? Because it really is a you sort of just know this person intimately. It's I mean, it's the same thing with any sort of inclusivity or any sort of yeah. community where you have a represent, representation of someone like you. Uh, so that you just know right away this person or these people at camp, for example. I, I was at Montana, Cape of Montana earlier this week for, I guess, summer 2019, uh, for those who are listening in the future. But, you know, there's 150 kids in a room and they all have diabetes and they all know exactly what they're going through. And there's alarms going off all the time. And there's kids checking their blood sugar left and right. And there's med staff giving snacks for lows. And it just feels good. You know, there's just everybody knows what's going on. It's super normal. It's real normalized. And, you know, there's, there's no stigma. This kid came out to me, uh, it's like a little skater punk kid. It was dope. Um, was like, this is the only place where I feel like a person. Yeah. And I was sitting down, but man, it just floored me. And I just felt that I was like, you know, he really struggles. I could see like in the real world, cause there's no other kids with diabetes at the school and you, you can feel really isolated. Yeah, definitely. So who's your friend? Who was your first um, one? So I had, I had a few, um, from what I remember, because when I first started going, I was six or seven, I think. Uh, I was a little little dude. But um, there are two people that come to mind. One was a, a kid that's my age, maybe a little younger than me. His name's Hayden Austin. Um, he's actually one of the um, assistant program directors at Camp Sweeney now, uh, which just shows you how impactful that is that he went on to... Yeah, people stick around. Yeah, stick around, and, and now he's basically helping run the camp which is amazing but he he and i got along very very well we're both i grew up playing instruments and and music i played guitar for 15 years and so he was 
very musical with me and so we we got the chance to connect over that along with diabetes and so both of those we just mashed together and became really really close um and he's he's one of my favorite people till today the next person um was a little bit older than me um and he was someone that someone that i really looked up to his name was uh john casmides he's a really really cool good cool person and uh until today, he still texts me and calls me every once in a while and just checks up on me, which is really cool because I was that annoying little kid that would just come up to you and just, like, poke you until, like, you'd finally turn around and I'd be, like, high and then I'd run away. Are you are you saying that you're not like that now? I'm <laughs> – I plead the fifth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm just roasting you on this <laughs> podcast. It's just – I don't know. i got to have a big well, brother now people Now people know what it's like for when we hang out in real life. Yeah, now they know what's really going on. <laughs> uh Talk to me a little bit, like now that you're your everyday T1D, you uh, have been going to different events, you're, um, you've made significant traction, you're helping a lot of people, you're interacting with a lot of people in the community. Uh, what does that feel like for you to have like kind of a little bit of validation from something that's been a passion project for years, for many years? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a journey. I, I did not expect any of this to come about when I started this, this page. What means you start the page? So at the time, I was, I was taking a break from school and I was working for a marketing firm and I was just sitting at my desk for eight hours a day doing nothing um, and waiting for my boss to tell me what to do. Wow, you sound like a great employee. <laughs> it was great. Um, I was, it was, it was, I hated that job. But so I, all my friends were off at school doing great things and I was just like at home and I was just like, all right, this kind of sucks. And so my only schedule was work and then the gym and so i needed something to an outlet in order to help someone yeah. um, because i've always been passionate about educating and encouraging um people with diabetes whether i was going through a rough time or not it's something i've always wanted to do and so i was like you know what i mean i i, I was just sitting up and i woke up one night and i just came up with a name i'm like that's kind of cool like, and I, I sat on it for probably two or three weeks before I did anything with it. And then I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll just start this page and see where it goes. And the first, like, uh, if you go back and to the very beginning, it's still there. My very first logo was the worst thing you'll ever see. Like, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was like three or four different like symbols just like photoshopped all into one. But let's, let's use that as an example though. Like, cause your logo, your first logo was terrible. It was awful. Yeah. And yet you still are sitting here at AAD 2019. And you still have done all these things up to this point and have touched so many people's lives and had a lot of opportunities because of it. So people out there, I think that they are afraid of making mistakes. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's yeah. like there's fear-based things with people and, you know, fear of looking bad or looking sillier. But, you know, at least you're able to look at now. It's like, look, look how far you've come. Yeah. It's good. You get to see how the progress and you get to still laugh at it. I would hide that post if I were you, but <laughs> no, whatever. That's just me. It's out there now. No, and I think that's that's one of the things that, that makes me unique is how honest and transparent I am. Um, whatever I post is going to stay up there. I'm not going to take anything down whether someone doesn't like it or not. Um, I, hope, I hope everybody likes it. But I think that's, that's something that um, helped me get to where I am today. Because uh, it initially started with just literally gym selfies. And I was like, yep. My blood sugar sucked today. Like it was just a bad day. It's still healthy amount of gym selfies, guys. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. They're right. better now. Though, they're they're better gym selfies. They're they're more accomplished. 
I'm surprised that you guys can't see us right now, but he's wearing sleeves today. So this is a big, this is a big moment. Don't tell them. All right. I'm sorry. I got to, didn't want to give him a peek behind the, cu- the curtain. Um, so, you know, you've, you started, you're transparent. You are this real guy, uh, a very relatable, I think, account for, for young people, especially people who are like us, who are, uh, like to be active, uh, you know, and are concerned about their diabetes, have lots of questions. And I think also you share the highs as well and the lows and the, uh, you know, when your pump breaks and, you know, different things happen. I think, you, you know, you're talking through normalizing those types of situations uh, is really important because you can see going through diabetes social media, you can just go look sometimes and feel like, you know, you're the only one that's having tough times with blood sugars. And so I think what you do is super positive. And by the way, you've been nominated for the uh, one of the first ever uh, in the category for, I guess, uh, di- male diabetes influencer on Instagram, male Instagram yep. diabetes influencer of the year uh, at the Myabetic Awards. So congratulations, Thank the you. Diabetes Awards Thank 2019. You. So what did it, uh, you know, when you got that, the the email and the uh, and the corresponding invitation uh, that you were nominated and recognized for the work that you've been doing. How did that feel? What did that? Uh, what was that like? It was it was really cool. It's uh, it was it was really cool to have that affirmation because, I mean, nowadays it's one. It's always good to have affirmation of what you're doing, but sure. um, with social media, it's it's really easy to get carried away with the likes and the, the analytics and how everything's doing. And so, like, back in the day when I first started, if I got, like, 15 or 20 likes, that's a win for me. I, I killed it. That was amazing. And nowadays, my average is much, much higher than that. And so, if I put, put something up that doesn't perform up to those standards, then I'm like, oh, that's, that sucks. Yeah, I posted like, a meetup graphic yesterday, and it bombed. It got, like, 100 likes. Like, terrible. People just don't like us. I guess not. But uh, so it's, it's really cool to um, and it's important to have that mindset that just because it didn't perform well on on paper or in, in the analytics, people still have seen that that may have not seen that before. And that might be something that someone needed to see that day. Yeah, um, because, I mean, there are still people that that haven't seen me ever. People still haven't heard of me. And so when people can see that post, it's like, wow, like that resonate with me that's that's my goal i want some i want to be so real and so transparent that people are like yeah that was that was literally me today or that was me last week yeah and so it's really cool to see those efforts um recognized and affirmed which is unbelievable it's it's cool right and i think like here especially like you're we're behind the scenes and you may want to talk about i'm not sure how you feel about this event, I mean, it's pretty large and, and it's the first event of its kind that you've been to, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, um, what's it like to be kind of behind the scenes and meeting some of the people behind the companies that are really powering the world of diabetes and kind of getting to be that person and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Austin first, I'm Everyday T1D and this is my, this is my mission, my goal, my platform. It's, uh, it's really cool. Uh, when, I, when I first got here on um, Friday? Yeah, we got here Friday. Yesterday. Right? Yeah. Words are hard. Days are hard. It's been a it's been a long twenty four hours. A long day, um, but it's it's really really cool. I was really intimidated uh, at first because these are all like the high powered companies, high powered people, um, whether it be Tandem, Medtronic, Dexcom, Afrasa, um, whatever it is, they're all here. And so um, a lot of people kn- like know who I am on Instagram, but there are a ton more that don't. And so it was really cool to actually. Like, 
have a intimate conversation with these people who run these companies and um, produce these products to help better the lives of type 1 diabetics like you and me and 90% of the other people that are here. That's right. And I think like when you're when you're talking about improving the lives of people with diabetes and you get to see, you know, um, these companies where that we're all very familiar with, but then you actually get to meet the faces behind them. Yes. I think it's easy for us to say like, oh, well, this company doesn't really respond. They don't respond to my stories. Or they don't, uh, you know, they don't know what I'm going through. And it's kind of cool to meet people behind it yes. and see that they really do. And they really are thinking about people like us. Yeah. It's really good to put a face to a name. So like, I'm usually that guy I tag <laughs> They're probably like, Oh God, everyday T1D tagged me in a post again. Yeah. I hate him <laughs> uh, because I do it way too much, but it's really cool to be like, Hey, so like my name's Austin. I run everyday T1D and they're like, Oh, I've, I've, I've seen your stuff. And that's like, Oh, what? that's cool. Right? Yeah. It's really, it's really encouraging. Because uh, a lot of times, like, again, sometimes they don't reply because they're, they've got things to do, people yeah. see, meetings to be in. And so it's cool to know that all these companies, they do see the struggles that, that we post about or things that we're going through. And they're building solutions for us, you know, and I think they have the future of diabetes in mind and really are focused on patient care. It's nice to see. Definitely. And again, like you said, it's easy to lump everybody in with one company, but like, you know, to meet the people behind it, it's really cool. Uh, and also this world is really small. Like I was just messaging today with diabetic Danica from YouTube. Uh, and she was at camp Montana last week. Uh, great. so I get to run into people that I know from the internet almost everywhere I go in the world of yeah. diabetes, which is really cool to see. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. Like I was just walking through one of the, the aisles for, for the booths. Someone goes, Austin. And I turn around. I'm like, who said that? And then someone came up and they're like, hi, I don't, you don't know me, but I follow you. And it's like, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. People recognize you and what you're doing in your efforts. And a lot of times, because in real life, we don't get that, that interaction. People don't know me in the real world as everyday T1D. I'm just a normal college student that's trying to survive, you know? And so it's really cool to be, like, in an environment where people recognize you. Is that, uh, you know, people talk about Instagram versus real life. Uh, what's your take on that? Like, you know, these people... I mean, you're, I think you're very real through your content, very transparent, like you said. When you meet people that you don't know and, like, couldn't even place an Instagram name for, you know, from, what's it feel like to be like, you know, does this person know you and they remember stuff about you? How does that feel? So whenever I meet someone in real life, whether they know me or not, I try to, I'm, I'm just me. That's the only person I know how to be. I can't be like, oh, yeah, I don't have a face for everyday T1D. I don't have a face for Austin. Um... I can be a little bit more enthusiastic with everyday T1D. Um, Austin is kind of just more chill. Austin plays a lot of guitar. Yes, that's <laughs> you. Um, but so it's it's something I, no matter who I'm meeting, whether it's someone um, that I'm meeting at school or someone I'm meeting at one of these conferences, um, I always bring up diabetes in some form or fashion uh, because it's something that's part of me and part of my life. And I want to be who I am without it. But your relationship changed with it, right? And you talked about yes. this earlier about Camp Sweeney. How did you, how did you become more comfortable with that relationship? Um, I think it took a lot of self-reflection, with which I'm still really bad at. Um, but it's something that you can improve on, and something that um, I think it's healthy to know how to do, um, whether that be meditation or just writing your thoughts on a journal. 
which is what I did a lot when I was younger um, about especially specifically about diabetes uh, because I I didn't know um, why I had diabetes I didn't know um, what the purpose was and how I could make it not suck because I mean diabetes just sucks in general I mean I I didn't know a way I could make it suck less um, until I got to Camp Sweeney. Is that a sponsored message from My Sugar that you just did? Make diabetes suck less? Registered trademark? I, f- I forgot that that was there. Uh, <laughs> that we're also like 10 feet away from their booth. So shout out My Sugar for and, and Scott Johnson for the basketball tournament that brought Austin and I here to AAD. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good transition, I think, to what's next for you? What are you... What are you looking forward to? What are you, uh, what are you hopeful for? What is, uh, what's, as we follow you on this journey, what can we expect from the world of Everyday T1D? What can be expected from me? I'm still trying to figure that out. No, um, so I'm, I'm in my, currently in my senior year at TWU, which is Texas Women's University up in North Texas. Big shout out Denton, Texas. Um, men can go there, apparently. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm in my senior year uh, studying nutrition. I will be at uh, UT Southwestern getting my master's in clinical nutrition eventually at some point. Um, but right now I'm just trying to get through and figure out a way I can best serve this community in a capacity that um, will benefit everybody. Um, so that's working with a diabetes company or um, just upping the uh, amount I post and the content that I have. Um, I have a few really cool um, opportunities coming up about, um, it's gonna be a diabetes university, kind of an online learning course um, with uh, kind of tips, tricks, and just life in general of the things that I've learned and I've experienced over my lifetime with type one diabetes because I've been through it all. I was diagnosed at the age of two, I'm 24, if you're over 30, I can't help you, but I can try. You're right. You can't help me. I'm you're long gone, man. You're a lost <laughs> cause. But so um, hopefully that'll be uh, a really cool uh, thing to do or thing to produce. And hopefully that people, it'll help people be able to navigate diabetes a little bit easier, whether it's um, things that are on my social media or someone else's or not. Um, I'm ho- hoping that that will be a uh, beneficial thing to, to share. That's super cool, man. Well, I'm uh, obviously I give you a hard time, but I'm really glad I know you, and uh, I'm glad you came oh, on this thanks. trip with me, man. It was, it was yeah. like a no-brainer when they were like, "Yeah, you can bring a guest uh, who's going to be interested in the conference." I actually asked Erica, my fiance, now very very official if she wanted to come. She said no. So yeah. uh, yeah, she doesn't like you either. No, no, she really doesn't. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's been very cool to be a part of this journey. Like back when we met, like 2017, uh, to where we are now. Uh, and, you know, multiple trips and multiple Uber rides from airports to different mm-hmm. events. I think uh, I'm really just glad that uh, you're part of this community and that I get to know you. And I'm very fortunate uh, to get to go to meetups with you all the time. I appreciate so, that. Uh, one, you know, I think more one thing I can for sure uh, bank on is more Rob and Austin Instagram yeah. uh, nonsense. Definitely. You want to know the very first thing when I first saw you before I could even talk? Oh, boy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I recognized your face, and then I saw you stand up. I'm like, oh, no, he's tall. He's not going to be a good person, but <laughs> you proved me wrong. It's true. Pa- tall people are evil. They're yeah, bad people. And notoriously so. bad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, follow Austin every, every day, T1D, on Instagram. Uh, and shoot him a message. Tell him that you heard this podcast and that, uh, that you liked his stuff. Yeah. And uh, we'll, 
be uh, coming at you on Instagram Live. You guys won't Thank hear this until after AAD, but uh, hopefully we'll glean in some more uh, cool, up-to-date information uh, on the diabetes world from AAD 2019. Uh, so I'm going to do something that I haven't asked before. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, A, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast just so you get the notifications whenever we publish new episodes because if you've been listening for a while, you know I don't always publish them consistently. Sometimes I'll publish five in a week. Sometimes it'll be only a couple in a month, and you need to know when these episodes drop, so be sure to subscribe. And if you like the podcast, be sure to go to your preferred platform, like iTunes, and leave a review. I would love to boost my reviews, and I've never asked you guys to do that before, so I figured you don't ASK, you don't GET. I would love a review from you, so I want to hear from you there. Also, we are now available on Spotify. Turns out I was just submitting it to Spotify incorrectly, but I corrected that, so now we're on Spotify. So if that's your preferred listening platform, be sure to subscribe on there. Also, just want to let you know that in 2019, we have an awesome new program coming called Tools of Type 1s. It's going to be on this podcast, so... You don't have to subscribe anywhere new, but it's going to be an entirely new form of programming with some of your favorite type one personalities. So they're going to be two a week starting January 8th. Be sure to tune in and I'm going to blast all the messaging I can all around. So be sure to listen to Tools of Type Ones launching January 8th. And thank you for continuing to listen to this podcast.